Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 18 of With Heart and Wonder. I am so excited today to be joined in conversation with Kate Herrera Jenkins. I came across Kate's work when she was awarded a grant from Reclamation Ventures, an organization that addresses the wellness gap by providing grants uh, to underestimated entrepreneurs. Kate founded Native Strength Revolution, a nonprofit on a mission to provide yoga to every indigenous community on the continent. I am so excited to welcome Kate to chat more about her, her journey, and the work that she's doing with Native Strength Revolution. So welcome, Kate. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks, Megan. It's good to be here. I would so love if you wanted to share a little bit about your story, and it can be as much or as little as you feel like sharing today, but to kind of help folks get uh, an understanding of, of who you are and, and how you've come to be doing the work that you are doing and, and even what it is that you are doing, because I know you wear many different hats at the moment. Yeah, really the story starts with me learning about yoga and discovering yoga on my own. So 13 years ago, I had a friend who just kept saying, you've got to come try this hot yoga class. And I thought, I don't know, that sounds kind of lame. And I was really into endurance, uh, like marathons and century rides on the bike and all these things and weights and yoga just sounded so not um, challenging. And so I took my first yoga class with her in Atlanta. I was visiting her for the weekend and it was a Bikram yoga class and it was so hot and so hard. And I thought it just rocked my world. And so the moment that I was in there and I felt the heat and I experienced people moving together and struggling together, all for the common good of wanting to be better, you know, uh, I realized, wow, this is so much like when I'm on my reservation in the Kiva. And the Kiva in the Pueblo uh, culture is a, a building that every Pueblo has. Uh, it's a place to come together to meet. And in my experience, it's always where we practice a summertime dance before we go outside to the public. We practice in Akiva, like maybe 200 people. We're all sweating, like if it's in July, middle of July in New Mexico. So we're just sweating and moving together in sync. There's this drum, there's singers. And so to me, it elicited the same immediate spiritual connection in the beginning of my yoga practice where I thought, wow, this is super physically challenging and there is so much more to this and I want to keep practicing with it. And so the more that I did practice yoga, the more I realized, oh man, I really feel a calling to, to share this with as many people as possible and, and let people who haven't experienced a really intense sweat as a group uh, to experience it. And so that's when I went to teacher training and then came back and then a couple years later opened up my my yoga studio here in Birmingham and it's always been on my heart to to go and serve my reservation or really any indigenous community so um I just thought like 
I really want to do that. And currently, I don't live on a reservation. I've never technically been a full-time resident of a reservation. All my family lives there. Yet, how can I serve? So I created this nonprofit. And still, like I had it, I created it. I was getting donations because people were like, yeah, we really believe in your vision. And I'm like, well, I'm not there yet. So how, how does that work? And so then I started to become uh, linked with and collaborate with different organizations who are already serving. And so that was really cool. I was like, okay, this is great. And I wanted to elevate it more. And so my vision a long time ago was actually to create an 18-wheeler where we heated the 18-wheeler up and we drove it from Pueblo to Pueblo out in New Mexico. And kind of like how, you know, food trucks do or other mobile businesses where you kind of have a mobile, like, kind of test run or um, prototype. And then wherever it sticks, like, hey, maybe we'll put a bricks and mortar or we'll actually invest into a program here. And so that was the original vision. And um, once I would tell my vision out loud. Some people were like, yeah. And some people would just laugh like, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. And I'm like, cool, I'm onto something. And so <laughs> if it was soliciting that kind of reaction. And so it challenged me. And so as I started to evolve as a yoga teacher and then became a yoga teacher trainer, so certifying others how to become a certified yoga teacher through Yoga Alliance, I thought, well, this is it. Like, because it's not about me, even if I went to reservation to reservation, they don't know me, they just know me at a couple reservations where my family is. So the idea then is to create almost an army of yoga teachers to go into the communities that already know them, and that they're already familiar with them. And there's already that trust that's built up, you know, so it's somebody that they trust, like, you know, Jenny from down the road, um, that they've known for all her life that is now coming to bring this new form to them, new uh, form of wellness to their community to help them with all the issues that are so prevalent in most Native communities. I uh, I love that story so much and that that vision of kind of the the mobile unit going around and then how it how it transformed and I really love and it's certainly one of the things that stood out to me about your your work when I came across Native Strength Revolution was the focus and emphasis on supporting people who already have relationships with communities. Um, can you speak to why that makes such a difference? Absolutely. I think for really any group, um, no matter whether it's people of color or people um, who have went to a similar school, you know, they're alumni together. Or for instance, like the other day, I watched this documentary called, um, shoot, I think it was called Crip Camp. One of my first jobs during college was I was a camp counselor at a camp for kids with disabilities. And there was something so special uh, about these kids coming together and they were just kids because there there really was no disability. So there was such power in that. I was one of my first, I guess, witnessing the power of people who had never been around people like themselves and how that that trust just starts to happen with the people that are surrounded by them. And also, I think with, with groups, like I mentioned before, there's so much trust with someone they already know. I think specifically with a lot of Native communities, there is a lot of uh, distrust towards outsiders. And so, and absolutely, there, there are amazing allies out there. We call them allies, people who aren't Native who come in to help. 
And it can take them a little bit longer. They're actually sometimes a lot bit longer to gain that trust. Like, what do you want? Are you with the government? Like, are you like filming us? What information are you taking away? What do you want? Kind of, so there's always these thoughts that are sometimes going into the back of the heads of, of different community members like that. So I think for, for people who already have an established relationship, it's important. And I think it's important within the community to see somebody who wasn't necessarily a leader before to be, to have the skills now and to be equipped as a leader. Um, because within, I think, any government and tribal governments included, ah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's, you know, maybe not um, the best leadership. That, that people have faith in. And so to have a new kind of leader, a wellness leader is, is a really different concept. And I think anybody can agree, you know, if you were in um, sports in high school, some of your, your coaches are just like the, the most, you know, important mentors to you, or if you were in band or choir, you know, your music teachers. So it's, it's that kind of close relationship, I think, that can really help people move forward through through the issues that are, are so prevalent, like trauma, you know, giving people a place to really open up about issues like that. And, and that's something that I saw starting to happen with my clients in the yoga studio. And I thought, oh my gosh, people are moving through PTSD and grief and loss of you know, suicide of a husband and, and all these different things within my studio. And this is something so desperately needed by every community. And if I wanna serve somebody, um, that I know that needs it. It's definitely a lot of the Native communities that are struggling so much with, with all of those issues, addiction and grief and, and all, all of that trauma. Absolutely. And, and we were chatting just a little bit before we started to record. And I loved how you were emphasizing that, you know, when you're looking to support blossoming leaders, you're not looking for people who necessarily have a history with yoga or are super flexible um, or, or, you know, very athletic. You're really looking for people who have heart and people who are are eager and passionate about being of service to their community and, and kind of like you were you were sharing like I, I just have that vision of like you know creating a space where we can come and move together and connect to not just our physical body but the spiritual experience as well yeah and I mean so, so much of yoga the healing comes right after a yoga class right it's like you're just more open and uh, you just feel a little bit less inhibited and so those conversations that can happen immediately after yoga class are what matters so somebody can be just the most amazing yoga teacher as far as skill and teaching you how to get into a handstand and scorpion or whatever it is yet if they're you know completely closed off at the front desk or wherever the space is after you know the teachers wherever the teacher's hanging out after class ah, i don't know i mean the transformation so much can happen in those really vulnerable moments that aren't necessarily yoga technique. It's more just like you said, like the heart, you know, heart to heart, you know, what, like, let me, I, I, or I'm just here to listen. You know, some people don't have that in their life and yoga can be such a haven uh, for someone in their day to share what they're going through and how to move through it. Absolutely. 
Yeah, can you tell us a little more about kind of the history and growth of Native Strength Revolution? I was on your website just before and was just marveling at all of the states and also um, the provinces and territories in Canada that you're in now. Um, you're like, it's incredible. Um, so how long have have you, I know you kind of talked about this um you started collecting donations and, you know, before actually bringing, bringing the programming to life. But like, what has this journey looked like? Like, when did it start? How did it, how did it kind of come to fruition? And then what has it looked like as it's been growing? Yeah. So I started the nonprofit, I think in 2014 and would have, I'd probably say monthly donation classes at my studio say, Hey, you know, the whole community is welcome. Just donate what you can. And so I started to get a little kitty, like sort of built up. And so after I started leading teacher trainings at my studio for for local people, I thought, well, this is really what we, I I really should be sharing this with with other natives. And so how can I do this with with a little money that I had and kind of, you know, training, training on a budget. So I had made some... I guess, connections really through Facebook. And there's this one page that a lot of Indigenous people and First Nations go to called Healthy Active Natives. And it's got, I don't know, over 80,000 people on it. And so everybody's just sharing their victories and just anything about exercise or nutrition and all that kind of stuff. So I just threw something up there. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe we'll see. And I met this, I met a few people and I met this, and I met this one girl and actually we'd had a training scheduled and I'd actually partnered with somebody else and, and, and that didn't work out. And it was just the timing and, and things. It was a bit discouraging actually. So we had our first training planned. It's going to be at my grandmother's house on her reservation. Cause I thought, well, it's locally, you know, it's in the, right in the middle of the Southwest. It's free room and board, the mission or the church right behind her, they were going to um, volunteer the parish house where people have like uh, baby showers or funerals or <laughs> whatever. So we're going to do all yoga practice there. And uh, it just, it, the timing wasn't right. And I, I do have great faith in the creator. So I trust um, the creator's timing. And so I knew like, okay, this isn't the right time. So I had this one girl that just kept, she was like, I really want to do this. Like, I know you had to reschedule that training, but I really want to do this. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. You and me. And so it's going to be like karate kid. You know, it's just going to be you and me. I'm going to fly to Alabama and, you know, we're just going to, how back in, you know, India, they would train, you know, it was just one-on-one training. I was like, cool. You know, I'm going to have you, you know, wax on, wax off and, and teach all the philosophy and uh, she was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, yes. Okay, cool. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there on the Healthy Active Natives page just to see if anybody bites. I mean, it was like a month away, like maybe not even a month. It was just like a few weeks away. And I was like, probably nobody will, you know, nobody can do this. And sure enough, I had four more jump on. And uh, so I thought, this is great. And a Canadian, I was like, oh my gosh, we're international. And um, so we all came together. We came to Birmingham, Alabama, right here where my yoga studio is, because that's how I wanted to do training in the beginning where I didn't have to rent or pay for a practice space or hotel room. So they all stayed here at my house. I, you know, put all these beds together, <laughs> like kind of like a little, little dorm situation. We all cooked together and uh, it was a really great experience and we really grew close together because we were literally together for those days. So we started online, which Yoga Alliance has recently approved to have a, a certain amount of training online. 
and then we did the rest in person. And from there, it, it, it started to spread. And so I thought, well, we're going to outgrow my house. So we'll do it down in New Orleans where we have our gym down there, our business. Um, and we'll have, we'll have more space. And New Orleans is such a great place as far as traveling. So there are options for people to stay. So that's it to grow. And so the vision is for the train. This last train, we had 12 or 11. So the the um, the vision is a, is for it to and right now as we're in the middle of uh, COVID nineteen, I definitely feel a a call to get one started. I'm just not exactly sure what it looks like. I know a lot of trainings have gone online and we've gone online before, and I really treasure that time in person uh, because. There's just so much, I mean, with any training, it doesn't matter whether it's in yoga training or, or, you know, whatever yoga training, it's, it's those times in person when, when we grow together, together as a group and learn from each other. And I tell trainees from the beginning, like, there's nothing necessarily indigenous that, that I'm going to share. It's what you all bring and what you share as a collective together that makes it an indigenous, an indigenous training. So as a girl who's um, a member of Cochise Pueblo, if I share something with someone who's Ojibwe from Canada, like it's not necessarily the that would be weird for me to teach my values and my tradition to her. So we teach a straight, you know, straight yoga training for the most part, but it's the beauty of all this rich culture that people bring in that we think, oh, I could do that in my community yet add my own language or add this thing that my community is already so familiar with and would help be a really beautiful bridge to bring to bring this in oh that's that's so beautiful and i love that that kind of your container that you're creating for people to come together and share experiences and make connections with yoga with with their history with their like the specifics of of their culture and tradition and that is is really like such a beautiful gift that that you're offering. Do you have any moments that come to mind of of kind of really treasuring the 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 work and the growth that is happening, whether in teacher trainings or um, or stories that you've heard from people who are then bringing this work to their community? Wow, yeah, definitely after the first training, once people started to teach to their communities and I started to see uh, the pictures of their yoga classes, I was like, wow, you know, it's really happening. It's really spreading or someone to say like, hey, you know, I've had this yoga student forever and she wants to come to training. And, and that, that starts to happen right now uh, with all of us being online in the present moment. It's been a joy to see everyone come and uh, through the organization teach on our um, Facebook page. So people have been go going um, live on our Facebook page and to see, because we had a, a decent presence before, but then they're bringing like their crew and in, into the class. And it's awesome to see that interaction and uh, to see all these people from all over, uh, really actually all over the world. We even have people from, from Europe tuning in that, that might be indigenous that are, that are um, finding us somehow. So uh, I really, I, I love that. And I think the, I really though, the, I would say the main thing is, is for anyone who's 
gone through teacher training or has the desire to go through teacher training, we think that we're going to learn, you know, these sequences and that's going to be the thing, right? And for most people, it's really the transformation that happens personally Absolutely. during the training, right? <laughs> so it's amazing to see them start to share the principles and concepts that they're working through with their people. So not even like the poses, not even like this is how I breathe and this is how I meditate to ground myself during times of uncertainty. You know, it's not that. It's just like, hey guys, this is what I'm, I'm working through and this is, you know, something that um, one of the participants, participants shared or my teacher shared during teacher training and this is how I'm moving through it and this is how I'm growing through um, my past story or trauma or, or whatever it might be. So that to me is, is such a sign of, of a great leader to be able to, to work through that stuff and um, be an example like that to others, that there is hope. Um, even if there's generational trauma and, and issues that have, you know, that have been carried on, uh, there is a chance to break. There is a huge um, way and hope of breaking that cycle um, through personal development and then their leadership with their with themselves first and then with their communities. Yeah. Oh, that. And I think that's where the beautiful conversations happen, right? When we take our yoga practice beyond the poses and even off the mat and start to explore how this, this, you know, tradition that's over 5,000 years old, like how it is making waves in our own lives in different ways and creating ripples and after effects. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's, um, that, that's like one of the greatest gifts of, of the practice, I think. I would love to chat a little bit because um, I know that on your your website you have this beautiful section that is kind of honoring the the different um, community partners and people who have really kind of helped to to inspire and nurture and grow this organization. And you brought up your grandmother actually when you were talking about leading your your first training and it was maybe supposed to be at your grandmother's house and she's she's mentioned as one of the people who is an inspiration to you. Do you want to share a little bit about your relationship and and the ways in which your grandmother has has been an inspiration for you? Yeah, she is definitely my my mentor and my number one mentor and man her story and knowing how she has created her best life like she was that girl like probably back in the 70s 70s before we even had that phrase of your best life and um it really goes back to her story of um, being married to my grandfather and loved my grandfather, had a great relationship with my grandfather, yet he was not the best husband to her. He was not kind to her a lot. So she realized um, after my, my uh, dad and his sister left the house, she divorced him and um, worked three full-time jobs, uh, had to like sleep a little bit during one job, but her, how she survived and, and kept herself afloat is amazing. And in her 50s, she's like, you know what, There, I've got some unfinished business and I'm actually not unfinished, but I have, I have this life that I wanted to lead and I'm going to do it. She applied to Harvard University, 
went there in her 50s, graduated with her master's in education, and then came back to the Pueblos to become uh, a principal um, at the local elementary school. And anytime I'm around um, any kind of function and they hear my last name, we're like, oh, you're Miss Herrera's granddaughter. She was my principal. Like, and just like the stories that they tell is like so amazing and like the influence they had on her. And so many people within the community call her grandma. And there's really only six of us that are, that, you know, can call truly call her grandma like it's still inspiring like all these people want to call her grandma um and they all have these stories about how they've influenced her life through through whatever kind of role she's had in the community or with the schools and so it sets such a, a place of possibility for me because i think as we age as women or men we think oh gosh i'm in my 40 you know, i'm 44 now oh you know like that's too late. Like, I know it's not too late for anything. Like she didn't get to, to Harvard until she was in her fifties and then really started making her difference then. And so um, vision and goals is huge to me. And to really have those BHAGs or those big, hairy, audacious goals all the time is we have to, and we have to know that anything is possible. And she absolutely made it happen. And so that's given me the force to think like, okay, if God planted this in my heart, then he'll, we'll, we'll find a way for me to get equipped to do it. So, um, so Native Vision, the same thing. Like there is this thing that's been placed in a heart and through her example, I see, okay, I've got the heart and we're, we're gonna make it happen. Never too late. It does not, age does not matter. So um, I think that's the biggest thing that I've gotten from her. And um, she's just an amazing lady of uh, awesome principles and loyalty and kindness. And her, her heart is just is huge. And that's, that's what I strive to be, is so much like her. What a beautiful story and what an incredible mentor to have in your life. Yeah. And I love this, this message that you've taken from her story of just like, it is never too late. And we, mm-hmm. we, we, there, um, a big theme of this podcast is actually around, um, being able to tune in and feel into the possibilities that are within us and around us and that those possibilities are there. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I love that you talked about, you know, it's just we've got the heart and we just have to lean into those possibilities. Right. And there's always choice. There's always choice. A lot of times we, we can back our own selves into a corner. And for her, she could have been in an abusive relationship for the rest of her life. Um, and it may, life may have been shorter. Or she could have chosen to do what she needed to do to really go after what had been placed on her heart and to really use the skill um, that she had to serve others in a huge way and herself. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. You, uh, you brought up BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious mm-hmm. goals. And I would love to know, um, as you're, and I know it's a funny time to ask this question because so many of us that are business owners or entrepreneurs or in the wellness industry, it's, it's like hard in some ways to kind of plan for the future when we don't know what it looks like right now. But are there any big, hairy, audacious goals that are sitting in your heart right now or visions you have of what you would like to bring into this world or bring more of into this world next? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I really like to revisit my goals every six months and it's time. 
and we're in a very different time right now. And, you know, I had a talk with somebody a while ago. It was actually, I've been very blessed to be um, one of the grantees from the Here to Be program with Lululemon as well. Amazing. And I love the company and love their culture and would love for everybody to know how much they really do give back to community. And so we had, we had this talk. And so I talk with um, this girl who's in, uh, with the grant program. And so we started talking about this. And so I started to somehow think like, oh, well, this is my grantor and I should get into a place of numbers. And that's what they want to hear. And so the conversation just didn't feel right. And like, I've really grown to um, listen to my intuition and, and body triggers and everything. And so I, I wheeled it back a little bit and I looked a bit more at, at the horizon of Native Strength Revolution. And um, instead of like how many of our kids are served or how many of our natives are served or how many we have in trainings, I, 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 we talked again. I was like, you know, that, that conversation just didn't feel right. And I thought I really want to start with a couple of different organizations and, and have time to build up this trust and have time when we're going into new territories or new places to, to be able to have time. So honestly, I don't have like a number um, right now of how, like, you know, McDonald's, how many ever, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands of native served. It's more of how, how long have we been associated with, with certain communities? So, I mean, this, we, so our first training was, um, we started last, so June of 2019. And so, like you said, like it, 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 it seems unreal to me almost to look at our webpage and be like, oh my gosh, we're, we're like in 12 different um, native communities now all over US and Canada. I think right now the BHAG is to support each individual that's part of our team as much as possible day to day. So what does that look like? You know, does it look like getting, getting them the video equipment they, that they need or sound system that they need to provide quality videos uh, to their communities. I would say really the main thing now is maintaining and supporting those 12 and being able to, to slowly grow, but strongly grow and really make the right steps that, so that we're really earning the trust. So even though these people are in communities that they're already from, um, it's still a new thing. And, um, I still want to make sure that, um, the people that are already members of our association are are completely supported in whatever way that they need. And so I know that's not necessarily like a, a BHAG, um, yet the people that are with us now are, are precious to me. They're all like my brothers and sisters. And some of them are younger, like maybe like, you know, a, a daughter or, or son. So um, I, w- I would say that's my BHAG is to is to maintain healthy relationships with each one of them and make sure I, they're poured into and equipped to the degree that they're, they desire. I think that is such a really 
powerful vision though, because I think sometimes we can get like caught up in the numbers and, and, but really at the foundation of it all is that like community connection and that support and, um, the care I think of, of the communities you're already a part of is, is going to just like you said, build those really strong relationships that, you know, over time, will will just in the growth I think happens naturally over time when we focus sometimes on like really mm-hmm. nurturing what is right in front of us rather than than thinking about mm-hmm. what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. I uh I would love to chat a little bit about the online world. Um because I know uh right now in wellness everything is moving online and I know uh that you shared that you've actually been doing the online thing pre-COVID because that was a way to make your work more accessible. Can you chat a little bit about what this process has been like of bringing the work online? I know you already did share that, you know, on your Facebook group you're you're seeing this real expansion of of people bringing their crew and and joining in beyond North America as well from Europe and from different places what are some of the 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 kind of things that you've learned in bringing the work online and and where where do you see this going for you and and your work yeah we um yeah so really the online thing started as part of our training so uh I needed to give them material, I don't want to go well called material, but really teach them classes uh, to make sure we had a pretty consistent flow sequence that we're learning. So that's when I started to go online with these classes and also told them, hey, share these with, you know, whoever, and they did. And so um, that was really great to see the popularity of the video. So yeah, we just had a YouTube channel to start. We still have the YouTube channel. So realizing as time goes on and I think as a lot of yoga professionals are discovering now like what is really needed I wouldn't say catering to that but yeah in in a way I mean not everybody out there wants a 75 minute class you know Um, like so today later here in a bit I'm going to be right here in the space um, doing a 20 minute video with my mom walker who's rehabbing from an injury um, on elder yoga so it's just like, you know, knowing exactly who you serve, like, is that, you know, yoga with me with a walker going to be for, you know, the, you know, 20 year old that's, you know, out of college, <laughs> you know, parents on right now? No. So um, really focusing on, on what our needs are. And right now, um, I think people need a little bit less because it's really challenging to um, really hone in and focus on something for a long period of time in your home because there's so much going on. There's kids and dogs and husbands, mother-in-laws and all these people that might not normally always be there. So really listening to our team as well, like really ask, like, what do you want? What what calls to you? What do you feel like your community needs? Um, So always making sure people feel comfortable with sharing what they know. So um, I love that, that we do have a very diverse group. We have dance teachers, we have runners, uh, we have um, counselors, so people sharing things on mental health. So I think it really right now takes like a collaboration like we have to keep things new and fresh because just a simple like plain yoga class, we can really get that anywhere. And I did mention before, it does have a lot of value when when a native might see another native doing something online, 
you know, for the first time, like, oh, wow, there's, there's actually um, a, a native girl doing yoga and I'll, I'll watch that. That's, that's cool. There's something that, that I'm a little more, um, I don't know if it's acceptable or just motivating to do it. So um, I really think right now with us is, is sharing all the gifts that our team has. And there are some, and I'm super stoked to be part of this group. I learned from them. And I, I think that's, that's the thing is that with yoga videos right now, there's a bajillion out there right now and a, a lot of really, really good ones. And how can we really make it specific to, to Native people or really any people that might not have access to yoga normally on, on a regular basis anyway? So, you know, for instance, like always saying like, you know, hey, if you have a book, grab a book. I don't say yoga block. Like who has a yoga? I didn't. I was with my mom for like three weeks, not in my own home. I didn't have a yoga block. You know, so like during this, who has a yoga block? So use a book. What, you know, your canned goods kind of thing. So um, really making it as accessible as we can and knowing like this is, this is normal. And really starting out super basic too. So that can be hard, <laughs> right? Sometimes like the most beginner yoga class, it's hard because we want to kind of get into our flow. And um, so I've been kind of bringing the team down a little bit to not down, but just like, hey, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. So this is truly accessible for who we're trying to reach. So yeah, there's a lot. And I think I've learned a lot from this with with the nonprofit and both businesses too, is how we're navigating through what people will really, what will really resonate with people in this moment. And are there ways, I know it's, um, it's different everywhere, but one of the things that's come up in conversation a lot for me with, uh, with fellow yoga teachers or other people in the wellness industry is kind of the fact that there's like a different element of like when we show up online and depending mm. on how you set it up, like sometimes it's set up as you kind of come and even if it's an on-demand video, you do it and then you leave. Like, are there ways that you're finding to kind of like keep the community part of it going, you know? <laughs> we, we just had a team talk about this, yeah. Um, so with Zoom, uh, which we haven't done with a nonprofit yet, we've been doing that with both my other businesses. Zoom is, is cool to interact. You know, you can, you can kind of drive yourself crazy as a teacher if you try to focus on everybody's square. But if you find a couple people to really focus on, like Megan, that's great. Can you straighten your leg just a little bit more or come down a little bit more in that crescent lunge? Um, it can be a thing. And for Instagram Live and Facebook Live, it's a little bit different. So we had a, um, we had a, a meeting, I think it was last week, and telling them that, hey, you know what, this is, this is a lot more heavy lifting for you. Because as a yoga teacher, there's this energy in a, in a regular class, in a live class that goes back and forth, right, between the teacher and the students. And the teacher gets fed by that energy. Um, throughout the class, and we start to read on energy and, and read, you know, what is needed in that moment. Do we need to bring it down? Or do we need to, you know, start to push people a little bit more? And like Facebook and Instagram, you can't see anybody's body. But yeah, we just had a little thing like, hey, guys, like, how are you doing? Show me a heart. And, and keeping that interaction going, like, I know you're still there, you know, Tyrone, or whoever is on the class, you know, like, give me a give me a high five or whatever it is. So I think it's super important uh, for any person leading some kind of Instagram live or Facebook live to continue to interact and not just be like, hey, it's me talking. Uh, I think it, it needs to be a conversation. I think as humans, that's what we need to do. And this is where we are. And let's still use technology to the best of our capability to do that. And 
as uh, a wellness leader, and I was telling all of them, take care of yourself because it, 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 you know these situations when we're online all the time, and you're if you're not feeling that energy back, it, it can be more draining. It can be more heavy lifting. So absolutely, if you need to take a week off or you know more time off um, from teaching, like I get it. Like that's like let let us know if somebody's on the schedule or if somebody's on our online schedule. Um, definitely don't feel bad about taking that time for you. And um, also just always keep in mind, this is because a lot of these teachers are training ended, this last training ended March 16th. So like that's pretty much every day, everything shut down. So they went straight to teaching online. Well, most, I don't think any of them have taught in the last training taught a live in-person class. So queuing them up like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. And, and at a later date, this might be different when you have like live people. Uh, and in the meantime, really monitor your your energy level. Like, are you feeling depleted? And, and find ways. Let's find ways um, to fill you up. Or if it, that means t- taking time off, then yeah, for sure. I love that you brought that up because that was definitely something I was experiencing um, is just – I so some of my classes have moved online and some haven't just depending on you know what studios are doing and I've definitely noticed that with teaching you know half of the amount I normally teach I feel just as tired or sometimes more tired and and I think there is this element um also of just like there's also we're just like holding space for people who are experiencing all sorts of emotions right now as well and mm-hmm. and whether that is heartache mm-hmm. or grief or sadness or fear or anxiety like um it's definitely it's definitely a little bit of a uh a heavier time to to be teaching and to yeah. start to start a teaching journey for your recent graduates. That's in, incredible that they are are um, hopping right online and and doing that work because I know for a lot of teachers like teaching online can feel really vulnerable, especially mm-hmm. if you've you know even even if you have been teaching in person for a while, it's just it's a different feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it is, especially in those first classes as a teacher, like, you always love that you have your buddy or maybe the person you're training, like, you know, in your class, like, good job, you know, kind of like signs, but you, they don't have that now, you know, Absolutely. And, and so like, that is, that's hardcore, and they're doing it, that's good. Yeah, they're oh, good for them, that's incredible. <laughs> So I, uh, as we kind of start to wind up our, our conversation, I would so love if you could kind of share a little bit if, if folks would like to kind of follow you and the work of Native Strength Revolution, like where can they follow you and, and how can they be involved if they would like to support the work? Yeah, we have our Facebook page, Native Strength Revolution. That's where a lot of uh, our classes are housed. And uh, so we do have our schedule in there, getting ready to put events on there so people can follow a little bit more clearly as far as when we're going to be doing that. We have our Instagram, just went Instagram Live yesterday for the first time. So that was a new thing. But mainly on Facebook, we're going to try to get a little bit more to Instagram Live. We also have our YouTube channel. So we're always adding new content to that. And our website. So um, if people are out there and um, they want to see who might be a qualified teacher for their area. There's a directory of teachers. And there's also, like I said, we don't have our next date for training started or um, slated yet. We want to, as soon as we can figure out a really good 
way to do it without necessarily having uh, the in-person part scheduled yet, just, you know, so we can make sure that uh, we can actually offer that. Uh, it's, there's information on there about our teacher training. And uh, like I'd mentioned before, even if people think like, oh, I'm not ready to, to do a teacher training or I haven't done yoga that long, uh, if anybody has the heart to serve their people and people know what their communities are going through and some of the most powerful stories when I get the applications in are people who have really worked through their addiction issues and who want to serve people who are also going through addiction issues and using yoga and wellness and meditation as a medium to help do that. So if you have a story, I mean, if you have a, or if you have just simply a heart to, to serve people. That's who we're looking for to become teachers. We want people that really want to make a difference in, um, in, in their communities and, and bring back uh, uh, commitment and faith and love and possibility to, to what a happy community can look like. Oh, Kate, it has been, I can't describe how much of a pleasure to connect with you. And I, I think you are just so inspiring and the, the passion and love and, um, commitment that you are bringing into sharing the wonders of yoga is is just incredible. So thank you so much for taking time today to share your story and the story of Native Strength Revolution. I am so glad we were able to connect. Well, it's been a pleasure, Megan. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining in on this conversation today. I really hope that Kate's story and her words inspired you as much as they inspired me. I'm really taking away Kate's discussion of tuning into what has been placed on our hearts and taking what is on our hearts and bringing it to life out in the world to uplift our communities. I'm so grateful for the work that she is doing and also just for her her deep passion and curiosity and playfulness and love. As always, I would so love to hear from you if this episode sparked anything for you. You can get in touch on Instagram, it's at Megan L. Johnston, or on my website, meganjohnston.com. You can also hop on over on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. That is such a gift to me, and I truly treasure each and every rating and review it. It really means so much. I'm excited to connect again with you next week. Episodes release every Tuesday. Until then, keep living with heart and wonder.